Hi, and welcome to Living Life. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today, especially this week as we are going through the Passion Week and retracing the steps of Jesus leading to the cross. Now, I don't know if uh, any of you have ever been to a trial or if you ever had to stand on trial, but it can be very nerve-wracking uh, having to answer questions or maybe you've seen it on TV when a person takes a stand and have to ask, answer questions that can be very difficult and very personal. But uh, we see here that in this passage that we'll be studying, that Jesus would be on trial. And so he would have to face a high governing official and answer the questions that he would be asking and has to be done truthfully and uh, not flinch and not waver in where he stands, but also knowing that this could mean life or death. And he could have easily chosen a path where he could not have to suffer and done things differently. Uh, but he chose this route because this was a path that God laid out for him. And so as we look at this step, uh, this crucial step leading to uh, the death and the crucifixion of Christ, uh, we, see, we see what he had to do and how he answers his critics and his enemies as we look at this passage together. John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. 
And so as this passage that we are looking at together, uh, we get a glimpse of what it's like to be in a courtroom scene with the trial. And so Jesus is brought before Caiaphas, who is the Roman governor. And so when Caiaphas asks the Jewish leaders what the charge that they are bringing uh, before Jesus um, in order to make a judgment on their behalf, uh, the charge that was brought against Jesus was blasphemy. So this meant that uh, they believed and they were uh, putting Jesus on trial because of the crime that saying that he had the right and that he was assuming to be like God. And so according to the Jewish law, anyone who made this kind of claim was to be punished by death. And so because a high priest had no authority to execute this death sentence, it was necessary to transfer the case to the Roman prefect, who at that time was Pontius Pilate. So the Jewish leaders knew that they couldn't get a guilty verdict based on just the Jewish laws. And so they had to persuade Pontius Pilate uh, to find Jesus guilty uh, of this capital crime. And so uh, usually when a criminal uh, was found guilty, they would either stone him to death or they would put it through crucifixion, uh, one of those two. And so for these Jewish leaders, they wanted a crucifixion uh, because according to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 21, 23, it says, anyone who is hung on a tree is cursed by God. And they wanted Jesus to be labeled as that so that it would fit the crime uh, for what he, they thought that he was committing. And so uh, we see here that uh, we can see through this dialogue uh, between Pilate and the Jewish leaders that Pilate didn't really see uh, any wrong in the life of Jesus. And so Jesus didn't want to judge and condemn him uh, because he felt that he was innocent uh, and he didn't want to have anything to do with the situation. And so now Pilate questions Jesus and he wants to get at the heart of what's going on. He wants to hear directly from Jesus what he believes and what he thinks he should do concerning him. And so Pilate is in a very difficult situation that no one wants to be in. And so he's wrestling with his decision. And so he decides to invite Jesus into his presence and to ask him uh, directly if he believes he is the king of the Jews. And so Pilate shifts his attention to Jesus and asks him directly. And so he wants to know, is this true or not? I need to know and I need to hear from you, from your own words, what you believe. And I'm sure in the mind of Pilate, uh, he was thinking that uh, Jesus didn't look like a rebel type. He didn't look like the person that would try to overthrow the government or become uh, the next governor or the next person who would be in charge of the nation. And so what makes things more complicated is that when Jesus is asked a question, uh, he answers with a question, you know, instead of giving a direct answer. He's trying to have Pilate think through what he is doing and what his actions are saying. And so all Pilate wanted to know is what did Jesus do to make the Jewish leaders so angry and want to put him in this situation by putting him to death? And so Jesus tells Pilate that 
his kingdom is not of this world. And he's probably getting confused at what Jesus is trying to say. And so he's saying that he is from a different origin and that he has a different character than Pilate knows of him, of what he sees with his own eyes. And so Pilate thinks the solution at this time would be, since he didn't find any fault, would be to release him as a prisoner because every year they were allowed to release one person. And so he brings out two people, uh, Jesus and Barabbas. And so thinking in his mind that the people would support Jesus uh, because there were mass followers, uh, people who were proclaiming to be a follower of Jesus, many people who were healed, uh, many people who saw the teachings and were uh, moved and changed uh, because of what he was doing, the ministry of what he did. So many lives that were changed while Jesus was here on earth. And so Pilate thought that the consensus would be that the public would be in support of Jesus. But what ends up happening is that the chief priests and you know, teachers of the law bribed the people to say another thing, saying that they want to see Jesus be crucified. And so they called out that they wanted Barabbas to be set free. And so if you can imagine Barabbas not knowing what was going on, he was a criminal thinking that he would be executed and that it would lead to his death. And yet, by the grace of God, he was in the right place at the right time. And so because Jesus took his place, that he was, been, he was able to be set free. And so that is a reminder that all of us, that we too are like Barabbas, that we were sentenced to death, and yet Jesus came in, took our place, and said, I will be the one that will be executed and be put to death on their behalf. And that is what we see through the life of Jesus. And so in conclusion, I know there are a lot of things that we can focus on in this passage, but what I want to highlight is actually the person who doesn't say a word in this entire passage, and that is Barabbas. And because of his background, uh, because he knew as a criminal, he knew what was his future, what was supposed to happen, because he was guilty, because he had committed a crime, and he knew that um, his future was certain that he would be put to death. And yet, in a moment, in an instant, uh, we see that all that changed, all because of Jesus. And that Jesus steps in and takes his place. And he probably looked at him and wondered, you know, what are you doing here? Why aren't you defending yourself? You could be set free. And yet, uh, he chooses not to. He doesn't say anything to stir the crowd. He doesn't manipulate. Uh, he doesn't influence in any way. And yet, Barabbas is the one that receives all the grace and receives the freedom because of Christ. Uh, may we learn to be thankful because we are like Barabbas and we have received that freedom today. Let us pray. Uh, Father, we are so thankful, God, that as we looked on each day this week, um, how important it was and how crucial it is, um, Lord, 
to be obedient, to be faithful, and to not do things according to our own ways. Uh, thank you, God, that we freely receive that grace in our lives. Help us, God, to um, exercise that freedom uh, by worshiping you, by giving you our best, and by honoring you. And so we just give ourselves to you, Lord, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.